Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Elon Musk has been making the rounds and he confirms that Model 3 supercharging won't be free. He also gives more self-driving hints and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It's the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast. My name is Ryan McCaffrey. This is episode number 44 for June 5th, 2016. It is good to be with you. Uh, I'm joined, as always, on the couch next to me by a snoozing Maggie the Boxer. I don't know if you can hear her snores, but uh, yeah, she's had a, she's tuckered out. We did a, she's a therapy dog. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that. And so, uh, we have assignments from time to time where we go meet with uh, meet with people and or libraries or some other things. Today we were at a a festival, and uh, where the SPCA had some had some uh, had a tent set up and had some some of the therapy dog teams there for kids and people to just meet and say hi to and spread awareness of the program. And so she was out doing that, and that's uh, mentally exhausting. And then I took her for the physical exhaustion. She had her her. Uh, canine physical therapy work this afternoon where, um, I don't know if I mentioned it specifically, but you know, with her knee. So she's, she's running, she's doing hydrotherapy there. We're putting her, she goes into a, a, a tank that fills with water up to her chest and then a treadmill goes. So she has to walk and do the resistance strengthening, uh, through there. So she is passed the heck out right now. But, uh, what can I tell you? I will tell you that I think I may have officially gone off the deep end, uh, and I'll tell you why. It's, <laughs> it's, it at the very least confirms that, uh, as if I don't think any of you doubted my commitment to this and my enthusiasm for Tesla, but last, I, I've dreamt about, about having a Model S and having a Tesla many times. Last night, I actually, after I, I spent last night preparing the show, going through all the notes, uh, I had to watch a whole lot of Elon Musk video this week to get to the clips that I wanted because nobody is nobody uh, puts, of course, transcripts or time codes of these things around. So I had to skip through a lot of stuff. And uh, so after watching all that Elon video and and uh, preparing the show last night, <laughs> when I went to sleep, I had uh, I had a dream that I was hanging out with Elon. For some reason, we were at my parents' house in Arizona. But he was very nice, and I was asking him if he would consider offering Signature Red for, as an option for Model 3 customers who put their deposits down on March 31st, on that first day. So I have to, I have to give myself credit. My subconscious self, totally on point with the things that my actual conscious self would ask Elon Musk, but uh, what else? Uh, Model X sightings are on the rise here in the Bay Area. Elon talked a little bit about that this week at the shareholder meeting, uh, saying that the build quality is reaching a, quote, sublime place. But I spotted three today uh, as I was doing all those errands that I mentioned earlier. Three of them today just on Bay Area freeways. Two of them within a span of like five minutes. And I have to say, and then last weekend, right after the show published, I was out walking the dog. There was a beautiful signature red Model X just parked on the street in this sort of main, little main street of my my neighborhood. 
and with the white seats. And man, just beautiful in the sun, beautiful in person if you haven't seen Signature Red on an S or an X. And I have to say that even as I, I was way down the street after I'd walked well past it, uh, just looking back to look at it from afar, the X looks like it's from the future. Particularly when it's parked you know, on a street with other cars around, it really jumps out. It just looks like this future mobile. Uh, and, and boy, the white seats just jump out even through the windshield, through the glass, even from far away. Just a, oh, just a beautiful, beautiful car. I wish I had one, but um, that's what Model 3 is hopefully going to be for. Hopefully that's my ticket to ride. But uh, what can I tell you? Oh, so a bit of show news. That, well, it's news slash also uh, relevant to the show here. You may have heard that there is a new Tesla referral program that has started. I want to reiterate again, I, I feel like I, I've said it before, but it's, it's worth hammering into the ground because it's so true and it makes me feel so good. I appreciate the generosity of this audience so much, whether, you know, whether you're just sending me a nice note about some, you know, something I said I was struggling with on the air, which I got a lot of those calls this week. And, and of course, in the past that when I've mentioned things too, or, uh, you know, people sort of doing favors for a listener's hearing a listener on the air and then calling in and, and sort of offering a help or advice. I mean, this, this audience that I've, that I've managed to, this little audience I've managed to build here is just a great group of people who I'm incredibly thankful for. And I have to say once again, uh, thankful because within 24 hours of the new referral program launching at the beginning of this past week, three listeners reached out to me to make me the same offer that the wonderful Peter Kiersgaard did last time, the, the, the last time the referral program was running, and that being I could give out their code, and if they won the Model X, which again, they're once again doing a ludicrous P90D Model X as a grand prize drawing for every referral that, that goes in, uh, they offered to give me the car if they won. So... Uh, and by the way, Peter was one of those three people. He, he again was like, hey, we got another shot. But I, I have to, in the face of that generosity, uh, and, and in fact, with multiple people reaching out, I did the most fair thing I could think of, which was I, I accepted the very kind offer of the first person who wrote me. So uh, I'm going to mention this at the top of the show. I'll keep it much briefer than I'm keeping now uh, in, in future episodes. But Joe Willett from Michigan, thank you. You were the first person to reach out and make this incredibly generous offer. So uh, I want to give you Joe's referral code. If you are planning to buy a Model S or an X, uh, because it's good for both now, whereas the last one it was just good for the S, you can so use Joe's code and you will get $1,000 off your brand new S or X. Now here are the rest of the details. This, this is now relevant for my uh, Model S and X owners in the audience. If you get two referrals using your code, you're going to get a Tesla Weekender bag that matches the color of your Tesla interior, so the gray, tan, white, or black. Three referrals are going to score you an exclusive Tesla owner's jacket. Four referrals are going to get you tickets to the Gigafactory grand opening. Uh, they'll take you from Reno out into the middle of the desert to the Gigafactory, but you got to get yourself to Reno. But still, tickets to the Gigafactory grand opening at the end of July. That's cool. 
Now listen to this one. Here's the most interesting one. If you reach five referrals, you're going to get a set of the 21-inch arachnid wheels for Model S in either silver, black, or gray. Do you, do you guys, I don't know if you guys remember the arachnids. I talked about them a while back. I'm not sure exactly which episode. But they've been on permanent back order on the Tesla store website. So these are going to be really exclusive for the people that get them. And the, the cool thing is it's not only includes the wheels, the, the prize includes tires and installation as well. So if you win these, you're either going to have a really sweet badge of honor or you could, if you're happy with your turbines or maybe you're running 19s, you could probably flip these arachnids for a pretty penny to another Model S owner. And this is an interesting bit in the description here. Quote, these exclusive forged aluminum wheels offer improved performance and are not available for purchase. What does improved performance mean? Am I reading into that too much? Are they lighter weight? Uh, are they improved over the 21-inch turbines, which of course offer better uh, grip and acceleration, but of course take a huge hit on the uh, tread life situation and are a little more susceptible to potholes, obviously being a, a lower uh, profile tire. But nevertheless, those are some pretty cool prizes. Now, uh, again, Joe Willett from Michigan, uh, he, I want him to have any of these prizes I just want the chance to have my life completely changed for the better with that ludicrous Model X, which I, I know I said this last time, so I won't go through it again, but my goodness, this would, I would literally be in tears. If Joe were to email me, if people were to use Joe's referral code, and then when this ends, uh, which is, where did I, did I say that already at the top? It runs through... Oh my goodness, I was a fool and didn't write it down. But I believe it's, I think it's mid-July. Um, I'll look that up in a second here while I'm, while I'm vamping. But uh, the, if, I, I would genuinely cry <laughs> if I actually were to win these things. Were to win the car, rather. Because it would just, it would make my dream come true. It would be... You know, after having to sell my DeLorean to because of you know I was starting a family, I love those Gullwing doors so much. It would this the 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 X, I mean the S or the X, but the X in particular would I I would I would I would I tell you this, I promise you I would cry on film. <laughs> I would happily I would happily film me crying with joy. Okay, here is Joe's code, which what you need to do is put this into your, what, in your browser, and it's going to take you to a referral landing page, which then has links to design your Model S or design your Model X. And uh, his, the website, you just type this in, it's ts.la, that's Tesla's short link, ts.la slash Joe9713. So Joe, which is J-O-E, of course, ts.la slash Joe9713. If you could use that, you'll give Joe a chance to get some of these cool prizes. You'll get yourself $1,000 off of your new S or X, and you'll get me a chance, even a, even a small one, I, it's a better chance than I have now, <laughs> of winning a Model X. So 
Uh, let's do it. Let's all work. In fact, I already had one person reach out to me who already ordered his car and is trying to get the referral code. I'm told that you should be able to use it as long as you haven't taken delivery yet. So even if you've just ordered a car, uh, try take that referral code and please contact your delivery specialist. Contact your customer service rep at Tesla. Anyway, all right, enough of that. Enough begging for, uh, for, but again, it's you win, Joe wins, I potentially win. That's, that's all I'm asking. So huge news this week. Let's get into it. Not only did we get the annual Tesla shareholders meeting, but Elon did a big interview with Recode uh, that covered a lot of topics, including, of course, Tesla. That's what I'm going to focus on. Now, I want to start with the shareholder meeting. It was odd, to say the least. Most of it was an oral history of Tesla by Elon that listeners to this show probably already know. If you don't, head on over to the Tesla's website and you'll find you can find the shareholder meeting and watch it. He gives a it's a it's like two hours of Elon just going through the history of the company, including the you know mostly the Roadster days and leading up to the Model S. Now uh, the Q and A, which is where you potentially get some nuggets of news. The Q&A, I, I want to be respectful to the people that did attend and ask questions, but I'm sorry, the, the, the Q&A was kind of a disaster. Uh, I Honestly, I don't know how Elon hung in there and took some of those questions because there were some, you know what, I, I'm just going to say there were some ill-suited questions for the room. One guy accused Solar City of stealing $30,000 worth of carbon fiber bikes from his barn when they came out to do his install. And this gentleman saw fit to come to the share Tesla shareholders meeting, and that's what he wanted to ask Elon about. I mean, are you kidding me with this? I mean, it's this is do you have I mean, first of all, it's a complete la- it's a it's a lack of respect for for Elon and and everyone's time in that room, including Elon Musk's time. But second, do you really think anything is gonna? I mean, he, you know, you're gonna get the brush off, which is what you get. He got the brush off. It's, it was, it was, it was. I was cringing listening to it. I don't know how Elon hung in there for it, but he did. He was a he was a trooper. Another woman wanted to know if she could get a T-shirt for her son, and so Elon had to say. Well, we have apparel in our Tesla stores. So that was, again, another huge waste of time. Uh, it, it really made me nuts just listening to parts of it. But near the end, Elon did drop something that I personally didn't think was a bombshell, but it sure was reported that way. Take a listen to Elon. Right. I mean, t- to date, the, we wanted to make it really straightforward and, and easy. Um, so... Um, that that's that's uh, why the you know the superchargers are set up um, at least to, to date for people that have bought the car as free long distance for for, for life. Um, obviously, that has fundamentally a cost. Um, the um, and and so I think I mean I don't want to make this some big news headline, but the, the obvious thing to do is to decouple that from the cost of the the Model Three. Um, so it will still be uh, very. Uh, very cheap and far cheaper than gasoline to drive long distance with the Model 3, but it will not, it will not be free long distance for life unless you purchase that package. 
It's, it's not, like, I, I wish we could, this is not, but, but in order to achieve the economics, it has to be something like that. You know. But, uh, you know, it's like, I, I want to just emphasize, like, what Tesla's motivation is, is, is to make electric transport as affordable as possible. That is what informs all of our actions. Um, so if we do something and we charge for this or charge for that, it, it is not because you know, we want to make things more expensive, it is because we, 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 you know, we can't figure out how to make it less expensive. That, that's all. Yeah, it, it, it also just sort of pains us to see people misvaluing their time at supercharged stations so often. Yeah. You know, it is far more convenient and, and faster for you overall to charge at home or at work. You know, it takes one second to plug in. You don't have to go to a separate location and wait for the car to be there. And, you know, time and time again, we see people that, you know, drive to a supercharged station, sit in their car, wait there for 20, 30 minutes, and then drive to a different destination. And if they do the math on the value of their time, you know, it, it makes no sense. Yeah. So, I think part of it is just, it, just people, you know, used to, are used to a paradigm where they go to a gas station uh, to fill up, and that's just normal. Um, so then they get an electric car, and it's like, oh, I need to go to the supercharging station to fill up because that's what's normal. Um, but, but actually, the, the, the best thing to do with an electric car is to charge your car where you charge your phone. Like, you know, would you really take your phone to a gas station? Like, <laughs> no? Um, so, so I think a lot of it is just people kind of, they're used to an old way of doing things, and they kind of do it by default. But as JV was saying, like driving to a supercharger and, and you know, in order to, like, maybe... Uh, get $5 worth of electricity um, and spending half an hour for, for your time, like, you're, you know, maybe barely at minimum wage. Um, so it, it, it's actually not, it's just not the best thing for people, but that, you know, they kind of do it out of habit. So we heard from uh, J.B. Straubel in there, too, the, of course, the CTO of Tesla Motors. I'm not sure why this is surprising to anyone Uh, It's been listed, supercharging with the Model 3 has been listed kind of ambiguously on the Tesla site since the announcement uh, back on March 31st. And of of course, Tesla has to cut to the bone in order to get that base price down to $35,000. And remember, too, this is not new. They've done this before. They did it with the Model S 60s. When they charged, if I remember correctly, I believe I have this right, it was $2,000 when you ordered, uh, $2,000 up front for lifetime supercharging, or if you wanted to activate it after delivery, it was $2,500. Now, also, uh, I, it, correct me if I'm wrong, if anybody disagrees here, but I believe what we can take from what Elon was saying there as well is it sounds like there, will, there might be multiple supercharger plans in there, because he seemed to indicate uh, that there may be a lifetime plan, which is what I personally would want to do. I'd rather just just pay it up front and then never worry about it again. Uh, but it sounds like there could be some other options as well. Maybe a you know a, a month subscription or a year subscription or a, I don't know about a per use thing, but. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, but I was not surprised at all by this. But this certainly made the news. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see uh, what the what the final options end up being. But that was kind of the big thing news-wise 
that came out of the Tesla shareholders meeting. Well, that and of course the mystery of the stolen $30,000 carbon fiber buyings. Uh, although well, there was one other thing actually. I, I wanted to play one other clip as I was listening through. I didn't see any news outlets pick up on this. Uh, and, I, and I do understand this is probably only relevant to a ludicrously, pardon the choice of words there, small number of my audience because of course the Roadsters, there were only 2,500 of them built, period. But for any Roadster owners in my audience or any just Roadster fans, he, Elon was asked about the Roadster 3.0 upgrade package, which I have talked about on the show before, uh, but this, he gave an update on that, which I found very interesting. So here's Elon talking about what's going on with Roadster 3.0 upgrade package. Um, I wanted to ask about Roadster 3.0. So you've talked about this on a couple of occasions over the past few years. And the question really is, will there be anything more than the battery, the, the um, increased capacity battery done? The original proposal was that there would be a demo drive to Los Angeles showing how it would go 400 miles. And oh, yeah, we did that. Well, it hasn't really been. Uh, we didn't. I guess much, we didn't publicize it enough. But yeah, we we drove. Right. But, the roads. Yeah. Sorry, but the, there was going to be additional changes beyond the battery, uh, some possibly aerodynamic changes, tires, and other things. And we haven't heard any more about that. Uh, so I'd like to know whether the whether there will be yeah. more. And the batteries seem to be trickling out very slowly. So I have put my money down, but I can't really get any information about how long in the future it might be before I get one. Well, um, I guess I can talk to the battery, you know, rate question first. The, uh, you know, we, we have a pretty limited production capacity. You know, this is using some very old Roadster equipment, um, some of that same equipment Jason alluded to in the, in the morning uh, or a little bit earlier. And, you know, we can right now build a few battery packs a week, something like three, four, five-ish battery packs a week. Um, or I should say retrofit, because we take back the old battery pack and then we, you know, retrofit it completely into a new battery pack. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sorry we don't have more information that's gotten to you. I can follow up on that, but uh, it shouldn't take that long. It should, you know, perhaps be on the order of maybe a few months of wait time for someone in queue now uh, to get that retrofit done. And now the tires, where are the tires, right? The, the tires, we, we did find a new set of tires, but... Um, you know, we, we've been working on finding, you know, the right set of trade-offs. You know, some people certainly still want great handling as well as efficiency. And, you know, we, we, we have a few options, but we haven't really publicized that very dramatically. And, and uh, you know, the number of people that have been interested in, in some of these upgrades has been a little bit, bit lower. But uh, I can follow up with you separately and, and see if those tires are something that would be of interest to you. Yeah, I think the main thing is the, the battery pack makes a huge difference. Um, and, and uh, yeah, we were able to drive all the way from uh, the Bay Area to LA on a single charge with the Roadster. Um, and I guess we didn't publicize it enough, but uh, I think that's a pretty cool milestone. Yeah. So my takeaway from that is it sounds like the Aero kit isn't happening because that the Roadster owner there, that gentleman, was completely on point when Tesla originally announced the 400-mile Roadster. They had said tires and aerodynamic body kit and, of course, the battery pack. It was a three-part deal. And it sounds like the Aero Kit, based on the fact that they, he, they were directly asked about the Aero Kit, and neither JB nor Elon said anything about it, it sounds like that's not happening. And they're mostly... In fact, it even sounds like the tires, they're kind of 
uh, not really putting a lot of energy into. So it sounds like it's basically just a battery pack upgrade at this point, but it, I guess it sounds like it should still get to L. I mean, I remember when they did that uh, San Francisco to LA drive, it did get a little bit of press, not a ton, but uh, yeah, I guess it is pretty much just a battery pack upgrade. So whether you have a Roadster or you're thinking of buying one at some point in the future, that you've uh, you've at least got you know what you're in for. You've, you'll you'll get a car, uh, you'll get a, a sweet two seat sports car that you'll have the option to get a 400 mile battery pack in. Uh, before I move on to the code conference stuff, I wanted to stop and take a quick phone call from uh, Lon in Chicago talking about autonomous driving. That of course is the hot topic these days, the topic du jour, if you will. So uh, Lon, go ahead, sir. Hi, Ryan. It's Lon from Chicago. Wanted to give a shout-out to Robert from Chicago. He graciously shares his umbrella, keeping me dry for over an hour from the massive downpour the morning of the Model 3 pre-order. I wanted to make a comment and get your thoughts on having realistic expectations for the Model 3, especially for autonomous driving. Tesla in 2015 released the most advanced autonomous driving available, but it's mainly limited to divided roadway and still has a long way to go towards being fully autonomous and not requiring any driver intervention. Google has been working on their car since at least 2010, but still does not have a shipping product. So Tesla's release of their Floyd Thomas car in 2017 seems unrealistic. However, what gives me hope is your comment episode 43 about the potential for software updates. Perhaps the Model 3 could ship with all necessary hardware and later have the feature gradually released in 2018 or beyond when both the software and legislation catch up to maximize its potential. Any rumblings you've heard about uh, about products other car companies have made with autonomous driving? Look forward to hearing inside the topic. Thanks for making a terrific podcast and keep up the great work. Keep saving towards the dream. Thank you for the call. Now, uh, Mercedes is apparently working on something as well. But remember, as I, as I think I've said before, the key difference that I see between Tesla and Google, well, not that I see, this is just the facts. This is, I think, has been reported. The size of the fleet. I believe I gave a statistic on a recent episode that Tesla gets more autopilot data in a day than Google's self-driving fleet gets in a year. I know that's a bit of apples to oranges since autopilot isn't self-driving and Google's cars are. Uh, but anyway, and the difference is, you know, Mercedes or anyone else for that matter uh, isn't, well, I guess the Chevy's going to do it with the Bolt, but for now... Mercedes isn't putting a 4G cellular connection in the cars that'll constantly feed data back to the mothership to be learned from and then, you know, upgraded and deployed again as a software improvement, which is, again, just such a key advantage for Tesla that they were so smart to put in from day one on the Model S platform and which will now, of course, be on every model, uh, every Tesla going forward. So... Uh, Great call there. Thank you so much. And let's move on to the next bit of news, which is the code conference. Elon had this to say about the code con or at the code conference. Pardon me. So is there an event in six weeks where you're going to announce autonomous driving is included in the pencil down plan for the Model 3? We're not expecting any event in six weeks. This is one time where uh, being a, a audio-only podcast completely is me failing you, the, the listener, because this was all about... You could hear some chuckles in the crowd, and that was in response to the look on Elon Musk's face. It was very, 
very telling. Uh, so that, you know, yet more circumstantial anecdotal evidence that suggests the Model 3 will be a fully autonomous, capable vehicle. Now, how far away is autonomous driving? Here's Elon on that subject. I think we're basically um, less than two years away from complete autonomy. Wow. Well, complete. Wow. Safer than a human. Um, however, regulators will take, um, I think, at least another year, at least another year, and because it's going to depend on which, what part of the world you're in, um, because they will want to see billions of miles of data to show that it is statistically true that there is a substantial improvement in safety if something's autonomous versus not autonomous. I don't think that regulators will accept something that's close to, that's, that's, that's sort of approximately as good as a person. I think they'll have to be at least twice as good as a person, maybe five or ten times um, you know, better in terms of uh, safety. Um, and, and, and that will have to, be, have to be a statistically relevant data set. So like billions of miles over widely differing uh, roads and, and situations. Um, so, yeah, you know, that, so I think it's like probably three years before it's re from a regulatory standpoint, but less than two before it is uh, technically possible. I'm just picturing Elon Musk testifying before Congress with reams of data from, you know, years of autopilot driving on, of course, highways, and then whatever work and testing and data they have from, from self-driving prototypes and, and what have you. And it just, it almost makes me chuckle because, uh, you know, I, Elon sitting there before a room full of people, a room, a room full of regulators, and he's, and Elon's the smartest guy in the room, and having to convince, <laughs> having to convince uh, our elected officials that this is a good idea. Hopefully, they will all uh, just see it as a good thing and go for it, but you never quite know. But in any case, uh, it's very interesting to hear Elon say, give quite a timeline there. Two years, totally possible, safer than a human being driving. Three years with regulatory approval. So we shall see. Now, we're, Elon wasn't done. We got one more quote from him that's super interesting. And I know I saw this got taken a little bit out of context in certain venues it was reported in. But it's important if you get the full context here, take a listen to this about uh, the next Tesla event. Good. That car will have autonomous for 35? Um, I have a... Uh... I'm going to do another Tesla event, maybe at the end of the year, um, talk more about that. And well, so you could start here. <laughs> um, it will be real big news if I start here. Um, we don't mind that. <laughs> Let me just say that we're going to do the obvious thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Got it. It's really so, obvious. So, cup, so, <laughs> so cup holders, good. Okay. Yeah. Um. Now, a lot of people misinterpreted this as the part two of the Model 3 reveal event. But notice he just said, yes, the question was in reference to the Model 3 that Walt Mossberg was asking there. But he said a 
Tesla event later this year, and we're going to do the obvious thing. Uh, corroborating the fact that this seems to be a self-driving demonstration, a Model S with what appears to be next-generation autopilot testing hardware was spotted at a Pittsburgh supercharger recently. That was posted online. And uh, think about this. If that's what the event is, I mean, Elon said himself, it will be major news if I say this here. That is going to get major press if Tesla holds an event and has a Model S drive itself into the event. And then Elon goes, goes ahead and drops the hammer of this will be on every Model 3 as well. Re could you imagine? I mean, reservations for the Model 3, I would think, would have to take another huge surge after that. I don't want to begin to put a number on it, but I, I think you'd have to see a, a pretty big spike in reservations because s autonomous driving, self-driving, was not even... You know, some people, some of us, thought maybe it would be possible on the Model 3 and thought there was a decent chance that we'd get it, but I don't think anybody reserved a Model 3 specifically thinking, well, this is definitely going to be an autonomous car for 35000 and I want it. This, this would be a new effectively a new thing, and I got to figure that people would be like, what, a, a self-driving car for $35,000? Boom, I'm putting down a reservation. So that's, I, I got to figure that's what would happen. It's funny, this reminds me of a story uh, when I was visiting my parents last, which was over the holidays. I, I was mentioning to my parents, oh, you know, uh, they, you guys should get the Model 3. It's going to be, you know, I'm sure that the base model would take care of you guys. Just, you know, it'll be 200 plus miles. They'd already promised that uh, before we even saw the car. My parents would never go for a self-driving car. I, uh, my dad actually told me when I was like, you guys should just get one for your next car down the road. He goes, S dead seriously, we'll never have an electric car. And he's not, they, they're not uh, hardcore, like, Ga you know, OPEC people, or they don't work for oil companies or gas companies or anything like that. They're just so, my parents are, I love them to death. They are the most hardwired, routine people who hate change. They are, and they're young too. My parents, my, my dad, my parents are just 60. Both of them are 60. They, I'll tell you this, my parents had a VCR until a few years ago. They didn't get a smartphone until my daughter was born and we told them, if you want to see her every week, we got, you got to FaceTime, you got to get an iPhone, you got to get a smartphone. In fact, and my mom did, but my dad still has a flip phone. I think a self-driving car would absolutely terrify my parents in a, in a seriously not good way, like in a bad way. And I'm sure there probably are plenty of people like them out there, but the current generation, uh, you know, people in their what, let's, let's call it 30s, 40s, and the, the next generation, people in their teens and 20s now, those folks are absolutely going to grow up with it. Or, well, in, not in, I guess, my case, it's going to be this thing that comes in the middle of my life. But uh, I, I tell you, I genuinely, I want to, f whenever I have my first autonomous drive, Presumably in my Model 3, 
whenever it is, whether it's when Tesla flips a software switch or whether it's when I take delivery of the car, which as I said last week, I don't think it'll be then. I don't think it'll be right out of the gate, but, or whether it's when Tesla flips the switch because it got regulatory approval. I, I absolutely want to film my first autonomous drive, not for any like YouTube glory or, or even for this podcast, but just solely to preserve the memory for my daughter, who's four now, so that one day down the road I can show that video or to video to her, and she can say she can go, "Gee, Dad, that boy, that was that was a really big deal when it first happened, wasn't it?" Because she'll be she'll she'll take it so for granted that cars drive themselves. So anyway, I digress. Uh, that's it for the news this week. So Elon Musk making the rounds out and about dropping all kinds of interesting quotes. I didn't even bother playing some of the other things he said uh, just because they weren't specifically Tesla-related. Like, you know, he, he was going on about how he, he thinks there's a mathematical possibility that we're all just a, basically more or less living inside some advanced civilization's video game and all kinds of stuff. But that's the big Tesla news from, uh, from Elon being out and about this week. Short break, we'll come back. Got, again, like every week, a number of fantastic, thought-provoking phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline for you right after this. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning hotline. Of course, it's the part of the show where you can call in and be heard, be on the podcast. If you've got a question, a comment, a discussion topic, call me up. Leave a message. It's that simple. The Ride the Lightning hotline is a toll-free number that you can call or Skype, and that toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. Please do try to keep your calls to about a minute, minute and a half tops. That just makes it makes the show flow that much better. And I remind you that if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto some sort of digital keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's start off. Unfortunately, this gentleman did not identify himself, but Mr. Anonymous here has an idea, uh, sort of an out there idea that he wants to share about uh, something that a Tesla could uniquely do, potentially. So, sir, take it away. Hey, Ryan. Uh, love the podcast, and uh, I'm just calling in with a quick idea that I saw on a Tesla forum some time ago, and that was uh, about a discharge port. So there's a charge port on the uh, left-hand side of the car that uh, you plug the plug the um, supercharger cable into, and the idea was a discharge port on the other side in the same location where you would be able to, for instance, uh, charge up a friend's car uh, or, or somebody that uh, was SOS and uh, needed to charge, or that you could uh, cl- pl- plug that into your house to run things, or that you could tailgate with an electric barbecue and things of that sort. So I thought that discharge idea was really great, and I uh, just wanted to uh, put a shout-out for that. Maybe uh, Tesla will hear it and uh, do something along those lines. So good to hear your show, and uh, 
maybe this is uh, of interest to others. Bye. Well, I have to say that is an idea that I have not heard before. And I could see why you'd think it would be interesting, but I would, I would have, I hate, I hate to rain on your parade, but I would have to think that a discharge port uh, to give power to something else would be a massive potential liability issue for Tesla. If you've got power coming out of your car into something else, what if something happens to whatever it is you're plugged into, whether it's a house, a generator, or another Tesla you're trying to give roadside assistance to, or something like that. Plus, I would bet that the real-world use cases for this would actually be really, really low. So, uh, again, I don't want to rain on the idea, because any idea is interesting, and it's all we're all here because we have the same passion for Tesla. So don't, t- don't take it um, uh, as I, I appreciate the call. I, I like the idea of just thinking outside the box, but I would have to think, realistically speaking, it's probably not something we're going to see. Let's go to Mark in San Diego, who has a question about Tesla software and the security of it. Mark, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Mark calling from San Diego. Love the show. Um, I had a question about the software in the Tesla. Obviously, one of the things that makes it such a great car is it's pretty much all software upgradable. Um, Do we know anything about the security of said software? Has there been any uh, public owning of, like, Tesla software being hacked, either to, like, enable autopilot functionality or even malicious hacking, you know, to take control of a car or whatever. It's just something I have some concerns on. I work in the software industry, so I'm all too aware of how uh, software security can be exploited. Um, And I'd hate to kind of have malicious hackers taking over a car and making it do stuff that we not expect or disabling the brakes or something terrible like that. Um, I just wonder what your thoughts were on this. Um, Really appreciate the show. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you for the call, Mark. And in fact, yes, we do know something about the security of Tesla's car software. If you go all the way back to episode two, I actually forgot. I had to look it up. Episode two, I talked about that very topic because Tesla, in fact, invited hackers to try and hack the car. It proved to be practically impossible, and I'm using the term practically literally. They were able to do it, but it was under such bizarre conditions and it took so long that in the real world, you know, of you going into the mall, no one's going to hack your car while you're in there, at least not today. So what happened was at this event, even after the hackers went through all those hoops to hack into the car, Tesla just patched out the vulnerability afterwards. That's, that's all they did. But you're right, of course, Mark, that, that you know, a, a hacking contest effectively held months ago almost a year ago, in fact, that's by no means the end of it. Hackers don't stop. As the company grows, as Tesla grows and is more successful, more people are going to try and hack the cars, so hopefully Tesla can stay ahead of the hackers. Next up is a fellow Ryan. always like hearing from fellow Ryans. In fact, he's also a, uh, a current Arizona resident. I'm a former Arizona resident. Ryan from up in Flagstaff, Arizona, 
uh, as has an interesting hypothetical about uh, who, who could go down the Tesla road. Who would I want to see? So, Ryan, take it away. Hey, Ryan. Uh, fellow Ryan from Arizona. I live up north in Flagstaff from Prescott, though. Uh, just wanted to call and pose a question of sorts. Uh, since we don't have a ton of news coming in and out between now and the launch of Model 3, I mean, there are stories here and there. I want to ask you a sort of theory question. So being that Tesla's patents are out there for everybody to use, so anybody could potentially look at Tesla's battery technology and go, hey, I want to make a car. Who would you like to say make an EV on the same sort of general model as, say, the Model S or the Model X? For me, I'd love to see Honda do Accords and Civics, like Type R Civics that are all electric. I think that would be incredibly cool. I think they're a company poised really well to do it. Toyota as well. They're a, I, I work in precision manufacturing. I'm a CNC machinist and a prototype medical shop. And uh, Toyota sort of sets the bar for uh, manufacturing worldwide and has since the 70s and 80s. So I'd love to see them do it too, but I'd love, love to hear what companies you'd like to see make a Model S-esque car with Tesla's battery technology. Hope now you're doing well. You have a wonderful day, sir. Well, Ryan, I have to say, uh, the thing, the issue for me is none of them, none of the other car companies want to. They would have, they would have done it by now. The Pratt's the problem. Nobody wants to. And I'm, Part of the reason that I'm so excited about Tesla, and I feel like I, I can confidently speak for many in the audience here too, is that issue of trust. Like, it is very clear, unless Elon is the biggest con artist of our time, when Elon reiterates over and over how the goal of Tesla is to advance, the, is to you know, accelerate the advent of sustainable transport, and, you know, you heard the clip earlier in the show about how he was talking about supercharger pricing and how, you know, when they make something, when they charge for something, it's not to charge for it and make money. It's to do it in a way that just makes financial sense to make the car, you know, to do it the best way possible. It's not a profit thing. Whereas with literally every other car company, that's what it is. But I'll go ahead and give you an answer. And here's my answer. Lamborghini. I always loved Lamborghinis as a kid. I remember uh, I had a poster on my, because uh, I've been into cars ever since I was a little kid. I, I think I told the story back on episode one of uh, just my whole, my whole thing. Uh, but I had a poster on my wall when I was, I don't know, probably eight, nine, ten, something like that. And it was, uh, it was like an Italian exotics poster. And on like the top of the poster, it was the Lamborghini Diablo. And on the bottom of the poster, it was, uh, boy, I forget which Ferrari. But I, I just personally always, they're both beautiful cars. I mean, they're both wonderful. Both of those companies make incredible machines. But I always found myself a little more drawn to the Lamborghinis. I liked the hard lines, the hard edges of the Lamborghini, perhaps because that's, I always, I love the DeLorean, and that car is very much a wedge shape, a lot of just all hard edges, hard lines. But um, boy, could you imagine a Murcielago or a Huracan that's built with 
batteries in the floor, you know, built on a, off a, a Tesla-style skateboard with dual motors and, you know, lightweight materials. Oh my gosh, it would be, it could be pretty incredible. Now, I know I'm cheating a little bit because you said a Model S-type car, a sedan, but um, that's my answer. Lamborghini is who I would love to see fully commit to an electric using all of Tesla's open-source patents. Next up is uh, another anonymous caller who has a uh, has a, another tip for an interesting way to think about maybe saving for your Model 3. So, sir, take it away. Hey, Ryan. Um, I'm going to leave this call anonymous. What I'm going to say is probably a bit risky and controversial, but uh, I thought I would share with the community. Um, you've talked about ways to save money for your Model 3. And my strategy um, is basically to put money in Tesla stock. Yep. And I have just enough saved up so far uh, that I can get the base Model 3 with the tax incentives. So I can't really get the base. Uh, I haven't really saved up for the, for the base model yet. But my plan is to put my faith in, in the company and their performance. And, you know, after following the company for for years and years and listening to their last uh, shareholder meeting, there's no other company I'd rather put my money in. Um, I've never seen a company so open and honest in the way they conduct business. And I think it's going to pay dividends long term. So I'm going to keep my money in, in Tesla stock and uh, I'll use that for a down payment and keep the rest in there, and I think it's going to grow to the point where I can actually afford a performance um, Model 3. So that's my plan. I know it's risky, but uh, I think I think it's well worth it. All right. Love the show. Thank you. Bye. So I could not agree with you more about putting all of your faith in the company and feeling the trust with them because of how open and honest they are. I just got done talking about that. You heard Elon a little while ago on that sort of, on, uh, sort of uh, evidence of that very thing. And I personally, I mean, I'm sure an investment uh, banker or rather a, a portfolio manager would tell you that putting all your eggs in the Tesla basket is an absolutely horrible idea. But I, on, a, on principle... I love your strategy because you believe in it, you're, so you're putting your money behind that belief and you're going to use that money to f- f- actually turn that stock into a car. I love that. I love that. Again, I'm not, I'm not a financial professional. I am not saying anyone else should do this. I'm just responding to it's like I, I want to caveat that just in case because I don't want anybody to be like, I, I did what you said and I lost all my money. Like, nope, I don't want to go down that road. But um, remember one thing, though. Uh, this is one thing to remember. Again, I'm not a financial professional, but remember that you're going to have to pay capital gains taxes when you sell the stock. I believe, from overhearing my wife talk about this, I think it's something like 15% when you cash out stock. So just... Factor that in when you are ready to cash in your stock and get your Model 3. That Because I, I wouldn't want you to, uh, if I can offer th- just even that little nugget of knowledge for you, 
and prepare you for it now rather than have you like be ready to buy your car and then turns out you had 15% less money than you thought you would. Uh, we don't want that to happen, but excellent call there. And I'll go next to Diedrich from Maryland. He's got himself a Model X coming in a few weeks, uh, and he has a suggestion for what autopilot should have, perhaps should have been named. Diedrich, take it away, sir. Uh, this is Diedrich from Maryland. Just want to say again how much I enjoy uh, your show. I'll be getting a Model X hopefully in a few weeks and have been using your show to kind of get me ready for the uh, Tesla experience. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to note is that out here in Maryland, uh, I have yet to see a Model X on the road. So I believe you're based out in California. I just want to highlight how the Tesla experience is still something pretty new to many parts of the country and uh, would love to hear more uh, information and reports about when Model X's and where Model X's are getting out. And then the only other comment I wanted to make was this whole issue around self-driving cars. And, you know, Tesla, has no, I know it's been concerned about people misusing autopilot. But, you know, I've had an idea that maybe Tesla should call it co-piloting versus autopilot, autopiloting. A co-piloting uh, makes it clear that you still have to be completely on top of everything as you are uh, using the car. I think autopiloting helps lead to the idea that people can take a nap or play card games when the car goes forward. So uh, that's just my opinion on this, on what to call uh, the autopiloting. I should be changed to, to co-piloting. And again, uh, enjoy your show and can't wait till I get to experience the uh, Tesla experience in a few weeks when I get my Model X. So thanks for all the hard work. You make a great point, but uh, I will say this. I think co-pilot isn't as sexy as autopilot is. So I feel like Tesla marketing might have gotten a hold of that one before it was officially announced. Uh, by the way, though, congratulations on your imminent Model X. That is, please tweet me or email me pictures when you get it. Uh, again, as I said at the top of the show with the referral thing, I would do just about anything for a Model X. I just miss having Gullwing, or if you know, I know Falcon Wing. Uh, I miss having Gullwing style doors in my life so much, especially, especially now that I live in San Francisco and everything is so much tighter. My home garage, my work garage, my, uh, the places I go and park. Ugh, it would be great to have my, get my daughter in and out of the car via, via Falcon Wings, but... In fact, I'll even say, Diedrich, uh, I believe from your email, you, you're taking delivery like this week. It might be too late by the time you hear this podcast, but if you haven't signed anything yet, maybe uh, call your delivery specialist and give them uh, Joe's referral code that I gave at the top of the show and see if you can get a thousand bucks off the off your ex. I mean, it's worth a shot, right? It's absolutely worth a phone call. If you haven't signed anything yet, uh, or even if you have, it's worth a shot. You know, you could just, if you're polite, if you're uh, firm, but very polite and respectful about it and say, Hey, you know, I'm I'm spending upwards of probably, I'm sure your car is probably upwards of a hundred thousand dollars. And this program just started and I haven't taken delivery of my car yet. I'd love to love to take advantage of this. Hopefully the uh, Tesla would help you out on that. So I hate to throw in the plug, but Hey, why not? You're, you're a listener of the show. And again, uh, Joe can benefit. You can benefit with that thousand bucks off, and maybe I get a, a referral entry. So, uh, Diedrich, enjoy that Tesla. Enjoy that Model X. I am absolutely. I'm thrilled for you, and 
I'm glad you are gonna you are gonna be a super celebrity in Maryland because you say you have not seen very many X's. So that's gonna make it extra cool for you. I know that from experience from my DeLorean days. So uh, pre congratulations, sir, and thank you for listening to the podcast. Final call this week. I want to go to Taylor from Massachusetts who has a guess on when the Model 3 design studio might open. Taylor, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. This is Taylor from Massachusetts. I just had a quick question. For Tesla to actually begin building the Model 3, they need to actually have configurations collected from customers so that they know what to build, right? I figure that this means that they need to invite deposit holders, us, to configure their cars. I'm thinking they'll send out these invitations uh, three months ahead of when they aim to have the first Model 3 roll out of the factory, which Musk has said they aim to do July 1st of next year. Now, he's called July 1st the impossible date. He'll tell every supplier to be ready for that date, but he expects 1% of the parts won't be ready right then. But I don't think he's going to allow the actual customer configuration to be that missing 1% for building the car. So I'm thinking somewhere around April 1st, about a year after first taking the deposits, after first revealing the Model 3, uh, they're going to start collecting configurations. If I'm not mistaken, Tesla wants you to pay in full when you submit your configuration, right? So people saying that they're aiming to save up for the Model 3 and have all of that money ready in 18 months, they actually need to be saving up quicker, don't they? They need to have the money ready in 10 months or so, right? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone else who had a deposit down on the Model X can shed some light on when exactly Tesla sends out the configuration invites and when exactly they want the full payment. Um, Thanks for taking my call. Great show. Keep it up. So, Taylor, thank you for the call. Let me correct you a little bit here. Tesla, even though I don't own one, I do know from reading reams of forum posts, Tesla doesn't collect the money when you do your configuration. You sign what I believe is called a purchase agreement seven days after you uh, you make your configuration and it locks in. And that will make your deposit non-refundable. Now, of course, we don't... Tesla may handle it differently with Model 3, but this is how it goes with the S and the X. And then payment isn't due in full until just before the car is delivered. So I hope that helps. And uh, personally, I think it's way too impossible to try and pin down design studio dates yet. I personally don't think it's going to be until at least that July 1st that Elon talked about with that sort of impossible deadline. In fact... I would be willing to make a friendly wager on it. Uh, on my Xbox show for IGN on Podcast Unlocked, I always make In-N-Out lunch bets with people over things. Now, I know you don't have In-N-Out in Massachusetts, so maybe we, we do the sort of uh, sports, the rival sports uh, mayor thing where there's like a cool thing from your city that you put up and I put up a cool thing from my city. Maybe it's like Shake Shack for you and in and out for me, but uh, we don't have to, but I, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, it's, it, it's all in good fun, but we'll see. It, it will be, I mean, this is, of course, if everything goes remotely on time. I mean, so far, so good. Literally everything Tesla says seems to indicate that they've learned so many lessons, and if you notice, Elon, if you notice in the, the not only the clips that I play on the show, but if you just, if you also kind of follow what Elon says and, and, and uh, talks about he really seems to have 
almost, I don't want to say shifted his focus, but added a focus to his, to his life that's, uh, that's highly emphasizes manufacturing. You notice he's been talking a lot about manufacturing efficiency and manufacturing scale. It really seems like he's, it's like he's committing himself to, because the guy's practically a human computer, it's like he's going out and absorbing every bit of information and knowledge he can about how to optimize efficiency in manufacturing, and he's going to apply that to Tesla. So we'll see. Uh, We'll see if the Model 3 does release in decent numbers by the end of next year. But nevertheless, I think April might be a little optimistic for Design Studio, but hey, I would love for you to be right about that. That would be be great if you were right about that. So we'll see. All right, that's it for the Ride the Lightning Hotline this week. Again, a number of fantastic calls. Again, I just couldn't even play them all. There were other great ones. If I didn't play your call, please don't take it personally, and please feel free to call again with a topic another time. I just gotta, I've got to make some tough editorial choices Otherwise, the show would be an hour and a half every week, and I would I would never see my family because I'd be in here doing this as a as an absolute second job. I'm trying to, and again, I want to be respectful of everybody's time. Try to keep the shows to 45 minutes to an hour max. Anyway, that's it for ride the the lightning hotline this week. We'll do some more calls next week. The toll free number again to call or Skype one eight 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 nine eight nine eight seven five two. That's one eight eight eight. 989-T-S-L-A. Be right back to wrap up after this. All right, I remind you to follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. And uh, if it doesn't fit in 140 characters or you just prefer email, the email address for the show is teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you're a video gamer, a video game fan, feel free to check me out at my day job, IGN.com, where I'm up to all sorts of things. Right now, I'm going to be, in fact, on Monday, depending which may have already happened, depending on when you listen to the show. I'm reviewing, I'm posting my review of Mirror's Edge Catalyst, which is the sort of prequel slash reboot of the first-person parkour game from uh, 2008. I I love the original Mirror's Edge so much, so... I definitely wanted to review the new one. My review for that posts at 9 a.m. Pacific on Monday. Nerdstyles.com is my little t-shirt website where I sell a few of my own designs that are video game and geek inspired, if you want to take a look at any of those. Dave T. has a fantastic weekly Tesla newsletter. You can sign up for free at this website, teslaweekly.com. It doesn't get much easier than that. Gene and the crew at Teslarati just did a fantastic, just a beautiful facelift. They redesigned teslarati.com. If you weren't already visiting it, I highly encourage you to do so. They've been extremely supportive of this podcast. They uh, usually put up a post about it, helping spread the word on it just about every week. So Gene and the crew at Teslarati, I really, really appreciate that. And it's uh, you guys do great work over there. If you own a Tesla, you can listen to this podcast via TuneIn you got to hit the website first and follow the show. Just, so just search Ride the Lightning, Tesla, or Tesla Podcast. Follow it on the web, and then get back in your car, and it should show up in your favorites. Uh, reminder about uh, 
Joe and his referral code for buying a new SRX that can get me a chance to win a ludicrous Model X. If you're going to buy a car, if you're buying a Model SRX anytime soon, type this website into your browser, ts.la slash joe9713. And finally, I just wanted to send a shout out to Mike from LaGrange, who left me an incredibly sweet voicemail. It wasn't something to play on the air. It was just a very supportive thing based on uh, some, you know, the comments I made a couple shows back about uh, how I was feeling a little frustrated. He just left this incredibly sweet and touching voicemail. Mike, thank you so much. And a shout out to Kevin from Maryland as well, a new listener who, who, who just called in to say he's enjoying the show. So Kevin, thank you so much. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And that's it. I'm done for this week. I think this has been a long one. I never know how long the show is until I end up editing it together. But again, my name is Ryan McCaffrey. This is Ride the Lightning. It is the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast. This has been episode 44, and I'll see you all again next week.